On this episode of the Hockey Docs Podcast, we continue our cross-Canada adventure, collecting stories for our brand new series, Memorial Cup Memories. We find out just what it was that made Doug Gilmore so great in the playoffs. And we find out what did Stephen Lowe have stuck in his hand that almost cost the Olympics captain a chance to hoist the Memorial Cup. Welcome to episode three of Hockey Docs Podcast. I'm Angela Bell here with my husband, Aaron Bell. Yes, episode three. In the last episode, we talked about our new series, Memorial Cup Memories, which is coming soon to HockeyDocs.com. And we talked a little bit about our Western Canadian and Western United States road trip that we did when part of that project where we're interviewing a hundred different people that won the Memorial Cup for the hundredth anniversary of the Memorial Cup. Once we got back from the Western Swing, we came back home, spent a little bit of time at home, and then we headed east and through Quebec and into the Maritimes and had a great opportunity to talk to a whole bunch of other uh, other people along the way there as well. We got a chance to stop into Montreal and talk to, uh, talk to lots of different people that had won the Memorial Cup there. Mm-hmm. One of the most fascinating to me was we got a chance to go and spend some time at the Montreal Canadiens practice facility, and their coach, Claude Julien, was the coach of the 1997 Hall Olympics when we went there. So that was kind mm. of a fun, fun day for us as well. Yeah, that was fun watching them practice. Their practice is open. So the public was in there watching them practice. So it was kind of neat to see that. And uh, Claude Julien, what a, a nice guy he is. Really great guy. Yeah, and obviously very successful team, that 1997 Hall Olympics team. They won on home ice, which kind of adds a little bit of extra challenge. But they were the QMJHL champions and went on to win there. And One of the cool things I thought about that is we got a chance to talk a little bit with Stephen Lowe, who was the captain of that team. And uh, when we we met Stephen there at the practice facility as well, and I asked him, like, have you kept in touch with your coach uh, along this time? I know it's 20 years or so, or a little bit more than 20 years earlier. And he said, no, that he hadn't actually talked to him at all. So they got a little bit of a chance to catch up there as well, which was kind of fun for us to see. Yeah, because we had just finished our interview with Claude Julien and Stephen Lowe had came in and they saw each other in the hallway. And I think they chatted for a good half an hour. And uh, Stephen Lowe, of course, had the biggest smile on his face because he was like, oh, I haven't talked to him since 97. And this is really great and really nice to catch up with him so he was he was a really really cool guy Stephen Lowe he um, was telling me before the interview that he could barely sleep the night before because he was so excited about meeting you no (laughs) no um just so excited about reliving that memorial cup year that they won he said i couldn't sleep i kept waking up and i was so excited and sweating and yeah it was that was really cool i thought to uh to hear that from him one of the things that Stephen Lowe told us a little bit as well is he was the captain of that team, the whole mm-hmm. Olympics team, as we said, but he almost missed the championship game. He actually was in the hospital right up until that morning and had kind of a peculiar injury. When he started <laughs> to tell us about it, we both were sort of a little bit like, oh, well, he had this kind of uh, like an infection in his arm. It was all swollen and he had uh, had this this kind of strange sort of thing that doctors weren't entirely sure what to do about it. And it all came out of a fight. He'd gotten in a fight in the Quebec Major Junior League finals and got a little piece of tooth embedded in his knuckle. And I don't think they really knew it was there initially, but it it caused all this infection. (laughs) And he ended up almost missing the game, but he's like, no way, there's no way I'm going to miss this. And they got some painkillers, I think, and some anti-inflammatories. And he got out of the hospital and basically they 
taped his stick to his glove <laughs> so that he could, you know, hold the stick. But he said, yeah, there was no way he was going to miss that game. Yeah. He said it was throbbing on the bus, too. Like every bump they went over, it would be like <laughs> throbbing in pain. Yeah, so, he went on uh, to play in that uh, that Quebec League as well, where there was uh, all the fighting and stuff like that. So he was yeah. a pretty tough guy. But uh, he, I would think so. To- <laughs> he certainly earned his way onto that uh, onto that team, and and what a what an interesting story though of a guy that you know certainly that was the pinnacle of his hockey career, getting to uh, to be the captain of that team, and mm-hmm. he got to raise the Memorial Cup there with uh, with that group, and and that was that was a pretty exciting time for him. Yeah, one of my favorite stories from this whole Memorial Cup project was one that happened when we were with Stephen Lowe right after his interview, and he had said at the very end of his interview that. Uh, you know, I'm a construction worker now and nobody comes and shakes my hand and says congratulations or anything anymore. And so we were just chatting for a few minutes and there was a lady walking down the hallway and she was getting closer and closer and she kind of looked over and she's like, hey, you're Stephen Lowe. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh my goodness, I need to shake your hand. And she shook his hand and I was like, "Uh, okay. And she said, I was 12 years old at that Memorial Cup game when you guys won the the Memorial Cup. And I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And uh, I said to Steven, I like, and you said nobody shakes your hand anymore. But it was such a touching moment, like seriously brought tears to my eyes, like how excited she was to kind of meet him and shake his hand and talk about the Memorial Cup. And he talked about it a little bit more with her. And it was really cool and how much that meant to her all these years later from when she was 12 years old. Yeah, such a cool cool thing. And we just happened to be there for and you think we're here we are at the Montreal Canadiens practice facility and some stars there Jonathan Druin and Shea Weber and Carey Price and yet here Stephen Lowe was the guy that kind of got somebody's attention there and that they had remembered from all those years earlier mm-hmm. that's one of the cool things I find about this project is getting a chance to talk to we talked to a lot of stars people that went on to have great careers in the NHL um, that won the Memorial Cup but we got a chance to talk to a lot of people that didn't go further than that or that that really was kind of the pinnacle of their career. And I thought that was kind of a such a great opportunity to, to hear about some of those stories. So then we got a chance to spend a little bit of time in Ramouski. We spent a little bit of time in Schwinnigan. We spent some time in Quebec City as well and met, met quite a few uh, different players that had won the Memorial Cup there and, and had won in other places, but they, were, they live in Quebec City now. One of my favorites there was the, we talked a little bit about the 1971 Quebec Ramparts team. And that was a team with Guy Lafleur, a great team and some really great stories about especially about their uh, their final against uh, St. Catharines and Marcel Dion the cops were called and they had to cancel oh, yeah. games and threatened to cancel <laughs> games and just all kinds of fun there we got a chance to talk to Andre Savard who later became the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens and that was really pretty cool but another neat story that I thought was pretty interesting the goalie from that team the 1971 Quebec Ramparts was Michel Briere and we got a chance to meet him there and talk to him a little bit but also his son Jean-Philippe Briere was a forward with the Ramouski Oceanic when they won in 2000. So this is the kind of father and son duo that uh, that both won the Memorial Cup. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a cool thing to get a chance to just catching up with a lot of these different people that had such great stories. Yeah, and such a hard cup to win. But to, to have a father and son win it together was pretty cool. And they both had their rings on. And I remember they held them up to the camera together. And 
big right. difference between them in the, over yeah. that, uh, that time period. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and that was uh, the, that Remparts team in '71. They went they went a long time being the last Memorial Cup team from Quebec to win for for a pretty long time. Right, that's uh, right. Until the Granby Predators won in '96, and we got a chance to talk to a bunch of those guys as well. And so I think lots of really great stories that I think people are really going to enjoy this series, uh, the Memorial Cup memories. It's coming up on on HockeyDocs.com soon. Another really interesting one. Uh, after we left Quebec, we went into the Maritimes and down to Halifax. And we got a chance to t- kind of look back at that 2013 Halifax Mooseheads team that won the Memorial Cup. And they had uh, Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Drouin up front. They were kind of the dynamic duo. And, mm-hmm. and that was really cool. And we got a chance to talk to Drouin. But we also talked to Bobby Smith, who's the team owner for the Halifax Mooseheads. And he played, obviously played a long time in the National Hockey League, played for the Ottawa 67s uh, before that. And he told us that winning the Memorial Cup as a team owner with Halifax meant more to him than scoring the winning goal in the Stanley Cup finals with the Montreal Canadiens. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than than that. I know. That's crazy. I remember him saying that, and I was just like, wow. Like, wow. I have no other words for it than that. It was kind of an interesting opportunity to talk to somebody that had been around the pro game and been in the NHL for a long time, but also had some good perspective from a junior standpoint. That, yeah. I thought that was really, uh, really cool. One of the other stories that you're going to see in the series is the Cornwall Royals, and they won Memorial Cups in 1980 and 1981. And what a star-studded team, especially when you look back on it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Crawford was the captain that second year. Dale Howarchuk was the big star both years. He was the CHL Player of the Year. But they also had Scott Arneal, who we caught up with. They had Doug Gilmore. He, mm-hmm. he played on the 81 team. And so Doug Gilmore had kind of just worked his way onto that team as a 17-year-old and had some pretty good success. That was kind of the start for Doug Gilmore and proving himself in big playoff games. That's our feature on this week's episode, all about Doug Gilmore and how he rose to the challenge every year in the playoffs. Doug Gilmore made a name for himself in the hockey world with gritty, clutch performances, and he was never better than he was when the playoffs came around. Gilmore scored 11 times and had 22 points in the Calgary Flames' run to the Stanley Cup in 1989. He scored two of those goals, including a cup-clinching goal in the third period of a 4-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens in Game 6 at the Montreal Forum. Gilmore added to his postseason legend in Toronto. After his blockbuster trade to the Maple Leafs, Gilmore led the team to consecutive semifinals in 1993 and 1994. In the 93 playoffs, Gilmore scored one of the team's most memorable goals on a wraparound that fooled Curtis Joseph and the St. Louis Blues in double overtime of their series opening win in the second round. Gilmore broke the Maple Leafs team playoff record that year with 35 points, leading the Leafs to the semifinals against Wayne Gretzky and the Los Angeles Kings. By the time his 20-year Hall of Fame career wound down, Gilmore had staked his claim as one of the great playoff performers in NHL history. He scored 188 points in 182 career Stanley Cup playoff games, but even he had trouble explaining why he raised his game to a new level when the season meant the most. Why was I better in the playoffs? I don't know. 
it just it just motivated me somehow, and, and my focus was that that much more deeper into um, you know preparing myself for the game, I guess. Long before Doug Gilmore became a clutch performer in the NHL playoffs, he made a name for himself as a skilled, if undersized, forward in the Canadian Hockey League. He helped the Cornwall Royals win the Memorial Cup in 1981. Despite being a rookie on a veteran team, Captain Mark Crawford later said that Gilmore was the best player on the ice in the Memorial Cup final. To look back, I, you know, when I was small, you know, when I was, uh, I was like 5'10", and I might have been 150 pounds, right? Through that Memorial Cup, I just, I knew I had the chance of, you know, I got to run with this. You know, we had a pretty good playoff together, and then, you know, and again, when I think a couple guys got hurt and I had the chance to go up, well, you, you can't let that go. So, yeah, it was something that I'll always remember, obviously. Gilmore was one of junior hockey's top all-time scorers with 70 goals and 177 points in the 1982-83 season. It was just three years after being moved up from defense to left wing by Larry Mavity, longtime coach of the Belleville Bulls and a hockey legend in his own right. It was a move that helped Gilmore get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, but he said that it almost didn't happen at all. I was playing defense here in Kingston with the Voyagers. I was only playing two, three minutes a game in Kingston. And Mav ended up uh, just taking over the job maybe two weeks before um, I, I got there. And so he brought uh, Mike Dealdowd and I up for a tryout. He needed some bodies. Gilmore made the team and scored almost a point a game for the Bulls that season. He developed into a legendary playoff performer, but as a junior A rookie, his coach wasn't sure that Gilmore was even worth 25 bucks. We're playing, uh, I think, Aurora Tigers in, in the first game or second game, and there's a fight on the ice, and then I got in a fight, the second fight. So him and I got kicked out for the game, and then the next game, I was kicked out of two, but you could buy back a uh, player in the playoffs. So, you know, it's maybe an hour before the game, he says, well... We haven't bought you back yet. I don't know if you're playing tonight. Well, how much does it cost to buy me back? He says 25 bucks. I said, well, okay, I'll ask my parents for the money. <laughs> he said, no, we're getting you back. So how about that? Doug Gilmore, 25 bucks. Probably the best 25 bucks Mav ever spent. <laughs> Probably. That's a cool story. I'm sure he doesn't regret that. And I know they're still friends today, and they uh, they work together down the Kingston Front, and Max Mav's mm-hmm. an advisor there, and uh, Doug's very uh, very hands-on in the hockey operations department, and um, lots of cool stories there. Again, coming out of the Memorial Cup, and you know that seems to be such a, a good point for uh, so many of these young players that kind of set them off on a great path in their future. So the Memorial Cup Memory Series is coming up on Hockey Docs coming this May, and we're uh, pleased to announce that we're going to offer a free preview of the series throughout the whole month of May. So free? Free Memorial awesome. Cup. Awesome. That's the uh, the month of the Memorial Cup. This year yes. is actually in Halifax as well, 101st Memorial Cup, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But if you go to HockeyDocs.com and sign up for the email newsletter there, you're going to find out all about everything that we're going to do with HockeyDocs.com as we go, including new podcasts, including new shows and episodes. And as well, you're going to get a link to uh, that free preview uh, throughout May, so you can uh, hopefully watch that. And then we've got some other stories coming up still about this Memorial Cup series. We've got a chance to go down to, uh, to New York City and spend some time at Madison Square Garden and do some really great things yeah. down there. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, on, uh, on our upcoming episodes. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.